Welcome to On the Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 112 for the 30th of July, 2009. James, how are you doing? I'm not so bad at all, Ian. Thank you very much. It's been a while since we've had a little chat due to various uh, difficulties. Indeed, but, uh, always. Mainly geographic, and I think we'll have a break next week as well, because I'm going to be sunning myself. Really? Where are you going to? Anywhere, anywhere I'm, interesting? I'm going to the land of no broadband, Spain. <laughs> Which, of course, does have broadband, just not where I'm going. <laughs> One of our sales guys goes to visit his... Uh uh, his father in Spain, and when we have calls from him, he has to stand on a on a pile of rocks somewhere out in the back garden, point in the right direction in order to get any sort of signal. So, mm. yes, it depends where you are, and uh, that's kind be, of where I'm going. I think can so, be challenging, so <laughs> and a bit of underwater as well. So that's Ooh, always nice. a bit tricky for reception. But uh, nonetheless, anyway, we people don't listen to On the Couch podcast to find out about where we're going on holiday. What do they listen to us for? Well, I reckon they normally listen to us to find out what's happening in the world of broadcast and entertainment technology. And we try and cover everything that's happening in the world of business, technology, content delivery. Bit of gaming and mobile where we've got it and any other wacky stuff. So exactly. I think we should just dive in about half an hour. If you've got any uh, feedback for us, do send it to us. We always appreciate it, whether we've got bogus RSS feeds or we're just talking rubbish. Send it to feedback, feedback. at com. <laughs> Indeed. So just starting off with some business news, uh, we've got some results from B-Sky-B, which uh, I'm always interested in because they're a good, a good measure as to the general take-up of, uh, yeah. Yeah, of, um, mm-hmm. of uh, pay TV in the UK, at least. Indeed. So I think there's a couple of results. I, I'm also one of these statistics because I ah. yesterday got hooked up with uh, Sky HD. Nice. Um so I'm, I'm one of these people. Well, I'm looking forward um, to hearing about that. I mean, they, they reckon that they've added 124,000 subscribers in the last three months, uh, mm. hitting a total of 9.4 million, which is well on their, on their way to getting to that magic 10 million uh, subscriber mark. Mm. But it's been boosted by price cuts and a promotion for its high-definition TV service, which you are definitely one of these statistics. I am, yeah. I mean, basically... F- 49 pounds and you're in but then there's all plus 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 yes. i've gone for the full triple play package um mm-hmm. which worked out seems to work out pretty well but there's this i don't know if you remember when you switch dsl providers there's this modem training period that goes oh, on no. and so i actually had like narrow band for the first few days <laughs> once i'd come home and plug the right cable in um but yeah i wasn't i wasn't popular in the field household uh, for, for for cutting off the Lifeline broadband service, um, Facebook oh was. Uh, so it actually takes some time to get it get it sort of sorted out over time. Yeah, it's it? getting faster, but uh, bizarrely, when it first started, mm-hmm. I had like a hundred k download speed and four hundred k upload speed using you know speedtest.net or whatever. So, mm. um, so mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. So they seem to be doing quite well. The staycation seems to be alive and kicking. Um, I did also notice there were numbers out from British Telecom, their BT Vision service. Um, they'd announced an extra yeah. 10,000. Uh, unfortunately, I'm no longer one of their statistics. <laughs> You're an anti-statistic. <laughs> I'm an anti-statistic. But they also announced, I think, they were going to do some content deals. They were going to say they were going to offer um, on, other, I think, the football stuff from Sky, mm. Um, mm. which is going to be interesting. So they're also looking to see how they can do streaming services over IP, which they've uh, shied mm-hmm. away from at the moment. Um, so we shall see. 
Mm. But just, uh, I mean, you got your HD installed. Uh-huh. What's the, what's the picture quality like on the on the uh, HD channels? Well, I'm, I mean, the only HD I've got to compare it to is obviously Blu-ray, uh, and I think mm-hmm. essentially it's 720p output, so it's not mm-hmm. it's not the full Monty. Um, I'm also investigating whether the receiver model I've got because you don't get to choose the receiver model uh, whether it's actually right. the best one, uh, and certainly I don't have the new EPG. Mm-hmm. Um, and the installer was saying, oh, we don't want that. So uh, we will see. We'll see. I think hopefully I haven't, I've bought the latest generation chips there and I haven't been fobbed off with the, uh, the old <laughs> model. So we'll, we'll see. But I mean, I guess that leads us into, you've got another item here about Sky uh, um, offering H- uh, 3D to all HD boxes. Yeah. So 2010, uh-huh. uh, they reckon is going to be the year of 3D for Sky. Mm. Um, now I don't I don't know if if that's seriously where they're going to be headed, but um, but you need to have a special a TV, or you need to get the you know, know the, the goggles, the magic glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's not just they just switch it on and everyone can immediately. Oh, get definitely 3D. not. Yeah, yeah. There's quite a few other issues there. So, um, and um, let's face it, compared with you know, I mean, at the, at the beginning of HD, there was a not much HD content. This is the beginning of 3D and there's yeah. really not much well, 3D Well, I think content, they're also so. saying, you know, they're obviously being trying to be bullish and saying they're going to have 50 channels and there seem to be about 30 at the moment, so, of HD. Mm. And I think that's probably all I'll watch will be the HD stuff, so. And I did, yeah, I did sort of segue HD. a bit too early there, really, because I guess the other big news is Yahoo and Microsoft doing a big search deal. Yeah, mm. so they've finally kind of tied the knot. Um, is that going to be you know, called Yabing or something or Bing, Bing who? <laughs> <laughs> Bing who? That's right, because uh, Microsoft introduced their Bing service, which you know, looks plausibly okay when I try. Well, it. most people land uh, on it by mistake, don't they? When they go to Microsoft Live, or you type into the browser the wrong, you, know, you, you think you're in a search know, box, but you're in the it, URL bar, down, yeah. and it does an automatic search mm. on Microsoft Live, which is now Bing. So you think, ah, uh, I see. So I think well, people have seen it and thought, what's this? So. <laughs> So the Bing is going to be the default search engine on Yahoo, yep. uh, which means that combined they'll have uh, 30% of the search market compared with Google's 65%. Personally, I thought Google would be higher than 65% yeah, what are the other people doing? everyone um, uses Google. I know. <laughs> That's crazy. I think it's all Google. And what was and, the, was there know. any money changing hands here or is it just a handshake job? It doesn't really say, does it? Mm, well, mm, no, I can't pick up anything on the financial side of it. I mean, Yahoo gets the ability to sell search and has a big pool of search data. I think it's just going to obviously divide up the yeah. advertising revenue somewhere along the line. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Hmm. But the deal okay. will take Yahoo out of the search technology business so it can focus on media marketing services and sales. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see. I haven't seen what the stock prices have been doing, but... Uh, That'll be interesting to, mm. to watch and see what the market reaction is to that. But uh, I suggest probably both of the stocks will go down, but then I'm no, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm no market expert. It's normally what so, happens, isn't so. it? <laughs> um, so uh, on the technology side, this is a bit of a flashback, isn't it? You've, you, I don't know where you picked up this dodgy story from about some guy watching, uh, <laughs> watching TV, which was introduced before the first moon landings, made in 1936. Yep, so this is a television that looks like about the size of a fridge. That doesn't have an HDMI input, does it? <laughs> no, and the screen is about, uh, what do they say, it's like 11 inches or something, so it's uh, 12 inches. It's a very small screen mm. on a, uh, a lot of stuff to make this TV work. 
and it's been uh, updated to the latest technology with the addition of a settler box because, uh, mm. you know, there's, uh, it's very hard to get the old analogue free-to-air these days. It's a bit of a stunt. I mean, I would imagine the only input for this set would have been the, um, the rabbit ears on the back. RF. Yeah, exactly. So there must be some sort of um, settler box to RF conversion yeah, going on exactly. in order to... And you're just looking at the picture quality here. I mean, obviously it's black and white for, as a starter point, but, you know, that's well, it's probably green and white. For the, it's probably... <laughs> yeah, it's the, the glowing TV style but uh, amazing. <laughs> so there you go. Apparently the owner likes to watch the, uh, the old-fashioned um, cartoons that are black and white. I bet on he's a really it's interesting person. Um, <laughs> so... Okay. Um, so just going from your HD to 1936 TV. Yeah, that's a bit of a jump, far. isn't it? A bit of a He's not going to watch 3D on that. He'll spend more time polishing the woodwork on this TV. Obviously, it doesn't yeah, work so well on the podcast, but uh, if you see it in the show notes, you'll uh, you'll see what we mean. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, so the other news going on with uh, with Microsoft is is that they're launching an iPlayer rival. Um, so what's this all about? Well. It seems a bit of a weird one. I mean, an iPlayer rival, except it's got ads in. And I think this is one of the... It, it, Microsoft seems uh-huh. to be launching, you know, some free content online to PCs. This is next week as a beta. Quite well, they've pre-released it. I don't know. Right. It seems a bit of a weird one, but um, they're going to be offering some content um, to people in exchange for ads. So this suggests that we're going to see ads around BBC content. BBC Worldwide right. content. They must have licensed it. Um, so, so they're doing BBC content in the UK, but with ads. Yeah, but BBC Worldwide um, is a slight distinction. But I mean, that's going to be right. a bit weird. Um, <laughs> so uh, this is this is according to Ashley Highfield, mm. who's the managing director and vice president of consumer and online at Microsoft UK. Now he was. Uh, the CEO of Project Kangaroo, which uh, got uh, canned a little while ago, mm. um, so clearly he's definitely in the uh, in the. Unless uh, this is just a vehicle to get space. people to download Silverlight, because I mean I guess it's the MSN Video Player, um, so there's going to be a specific player. I doubt that's going to be an Adobe one, is it? So no, it's not. Yeah, it'll definitely be Silverlight. Yeah, so I don't really get the point because. Uh, I mean, one of the problems with all this uh, online content is that we're now seeing quite a bit of fragmentation. Mm. Um, do I go to Microsoft to watch my copy of uh, whatever program I like? Do I go to the channel that I know it's normally on? Do I go to the content provider themselves? Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, where do you go? And that's, I think that's going to be a bit confusing for people. Certainly confusing to me. Mm. I mean, and equally, it's still only on the PC. So, well, I guess this PC, is the MSM video player going to work on multi-platform? I guess it needs to. Well, it's going to have to because you need to you need to be able to have it on TV at the end of the day. Mm. So it's going to be um, essentially it's going to be sort of Silverlight, I reckon. My money's on Silverlight. See if we're wrong yeah, or right. But so we'll, you're probably right. Terms of advertising on the BBC, that's going to be a fun one to see. Um, <laughs> It'd be interesting to see how they get away in the with UK, that. I mean, obviously there's advertising around the BBC worldwide stuff in the US already. Yeah, of course, not a lot, but uh, it's, it's there's mainly promos, I suppose, isn't it? But we'll, we'll wait and see if they manage to sell the inventory because that's going to be more interesting. <laughs> Especially in today's yeah, advertising yeah. climate, which isn't so good. Um, other content delivery news? So we're going almost on to games, shall we? Yeah, now I, I actually went to uh, Steam, which is the, uh, the kind of uh, game portal that came with um, another game that I bought recently. 
and uh, had a look at what was going on there and found a game that looked interesting and paid for it using PayPal uh-huh. and downloaded it without actually walking into a gaming store. Right. Uh, so I saved myself, I don't know, 15 quid and also saved myself having to find it in a store. And, and did it run on, have you got a monster beast of a PC then? Or? I do have a monster beast of a PC, so it was... Uh, it, I mean, it did. It did actually take forever to download. I mean, it must have been a couple of gigs worth wow. of you know gaming content. So I set it going overnight, mm-hmm. and uh, eventually it came back, and um, and it works fine. And I decided I would actually like the game, but uh, that aside, <laughs> it was more proof of concept. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a game called uh, Left for Dead, which looks yeah, all the reviews and everything looks like is really good, but you gotta have lots of friends to play with you at the same time. Is it it's one of these kind of scary ones? Or? Game. Yeah, it looks. It looked the actual preview to it, the video, the kind of you know video entry, mm-hmm. um, set the scene for the game thing looked fantastic. I thought, wow, this is going to be great. And then you actually go to play it, and you have to pick one of the characters to be, mm-hmm. and then uh, then you need three other people to play with you. And I'm going, well, it's just me here. It's a multiplayer so, um, RPG kind of thing. Yeah, okay. so you can actually get other people. You can get the computer to play the other mm-hmm. characters for you. And I've, um, um, but at the moment, I've been uh, playing a few games on. Well, I played. I downloaded Assassin's Creed for my iPhone. It was mm. uh, quite cool uh, from GameLock. It's like Prince of Persia, isn't it? Uh, I think so. Yeah, it was free. Similar sort so, of thing. Yeah, they've got a free version. <laughs> um, and I've also got it when I was in the states last week. I got a uh, Nintendo Motion Plus. Uh, thingy cool. that goes on the end of your controller but I haven't got a game that plays it I'm going to I'm should uh, yeah. when I get back from my holidays I'm going to get uh, the old sports mm-hmm. resort which will have another one in it and then uh, you can I think you can do kendo and stuff like that so but uh, cool. series, I mean the sports series out on the that. have you Sport Resorts one looks actually pretty good. You can, I mean, at least the, the you know the ads look like the motion's pretty pretty close to matching what the people are actually well, doing. There's ten games as well, so it's quite. Um, that's, that's all right, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, which might be a little more than the you know the play pack that you got. Um, also, well, you've got a story here about the downside to direct downloads. What is the downside? Yeah, so I guess it's kind of a follow-on from from me trying mm. to to explore this whole idea of not having to go to a game go to a gaming shop. Uh, and it's an article that explores the whole concept of, um, uh, you know, in the same way that, that uh, satellite and cable operators are really content aggregators, mm-hmm. uh, having gaming aggregators like Steam, and there's a couple of other ones as well. Uh, so the idea that um, we're not going to gaming stores anymore, we're not browsing well, for games, we're actually dead, browsing. You know, high street retail is yeah. dead, yeah. And um, what it's like for the actual uh, the manufacturers or the, the publishers and the developers of the mm-hmm. games. Um, so, I mean, in theory, you should be able to sell more games because it's more impulse buy. I mean, I sat there and went, oh, yeah, I'll give that a go. I didn't, you know, physically have to walk past the store. And waste, uh, do they send you the packaging or anything like that, the manuals? No, so you get nothing at all. Um, and the difficulty there, of course, is that I can't resell that now. If I, you know, want to sell it to my mate or give well, it to my mate. I think you can, or, but it's quite tricky. You can ask for the, okay. do you need a serial or an account? I think that you, there is a mechanism, but it's not very easy, from what I've heard. So. Right. Um, so, you, I mean, it wasn't, need, it wasn't obvious from... You need some mates to play it with, so uh, there we go. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. We need some more, some more gaming friends. Um, and I guess the, a lot of the, the platforms are exploring this now. I mean, the PS, PSP was looking at um, uh, downloadable content mm-hmm. uh, quite significantly. Uh, Xbox 360 Live environment allows you to download games. Same with the PS3. Yeah, I mean, I've downloaded a um, few gamelets for the PS3 stuff. Actually, sadly enough, mm-hmm. I played a bit of um, SingStar on the PS3 oh, right. the other day. And uh, See, I can understand that, because if you're just adding adding extra bits of content to an existing game, 
And it's a great way for, yeah, for and, incremental and revenue. Yeah, like 99 pence a song. And I found, oh, that's all right. and I found that I'd already taken the, the pain out of it by actually uploading some credit beforehand, um, which uh-huh. I didn't realize I'd done. Um, <laughs> I think I bought, <laughs> I bought one crazy. of those other weird uh, gamelets on the PlayStation Store. So no, it was, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's a good way of getting incremental revenue. And I guess that's pure margin mm. almost, um, except for songs, I guess. It's a yeah. bit IPR. Yeah. Um, I guess the challenge there is for, for the publishers of the games, you know, who are you going to pay your money to? Are you going to pay your money to, to Walmart who pretty much can demand whatever they want in terms of yeah. getting your game on their shelf mm. um, versus a service like Steam, which presumably takes a cut out of that uh, out of that payment? Well, I don't know. Steam, if you think of them as a virtual shop, presumably they're, mm. they're, they're getting the only margin they get is the retail margin. Um, and I'm sure yeah, they don't see much of the fact that there's no middle, middleman in the way there, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. Mm. So, yeah, I think direct download is, is probably a way to go, but it's uh, it's not for everyone, I suppose. That's the uh, that's the, the key there. Um, but, but, oh, I had a, another kind of segue to mobile. I, um, mm. You know, I've got my electric bike, which I've got back now, but I haven't really... Oh, how's that going? <laughs> uh, it's kind of going. I've got a new one now, but it's not... Uh, I need to, I'm still waiting for the pannier pack to arrive, or the, the rear, the luggage right. rack because without that mm-hmm. I can't really take all my stuff to work and back and it's a real pain <laughs> let alone the charger but I did get a cool app for my phone which um, one was called uh, it's called brake light mm-hmm. and it's basically a, a brake light for the phone which when you when you slow down the brake light comes on so the, f- the, f- cool. the phone turns into an LED uh, so it uses the accelerometer in the phone to right. basically light up the phone so which sounds great except you've then got to get a really mighty good clamp to make sure it doesn't fall off the bike (laughs) and hang off the back and most most sensible you know iphone or ipod touch clamps are going to be designed to clamp it onto the handlebars so you can look at it so you can see it yes but i want one which clamps onto the back of the bike so, Dude, that's, that's a very expensive brake light. It is. Yeah, well, it could be a broken, more than a broken light, couldn't it? You know, brake. So anyway, it's a cool application, which I did actually pay, yeah. you know, I did pay for, but um, yeah, maybe that was a bit of an Excellent. impulse purchase, but hell, in 99 exactly. cents, 59p, you can't go oh, wrong. I can afford it. What can I say? Um, exactly. It makes a nice demo as well. The chicks are going to be very impressed. Um, so what does your iPhone do? Well, well look this. at this. If I run away from you and then stop, <laughs> don't stop. Brake light comes on. Um, oh so you've got. I, I've seen this. You've got a Bluetooth wireless remote thingy. You've you've discovered. You're yeah. you're so out of touch. I saw this years ago. Oh really? Yeah. I thought this was very cool. It's cool. It's now available for BlackBerry owners. So you've got this. It's like a little joystick that you hold in your hand. Um, <laughs> It looks kind of like a, well, I was going to say a Wii remote. And in your other like hand, a, you hold your BlackBerry. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I mean, the, the problem with games on the BlackBerry really is that the, you know, the whole trackball thing just is not suited to... Um, can you download uh, games on your BlackBerry on my one? I mean, yeah, our no, corporate policy no, locks can. it down, so you can't download anything. Yeah. So. Now, there's quite a lot of stuff, but most of the BlackBerry games, to be honest, are, you know, Tetrisy. Yeah you know, those sort of games. So, uh, mostly because the trackball doesn't, you know, it's just, it's just not suited to mm. um, kind of quick movements of something around the screen. Um, you know, on the iPhone, you can put your finger wherever you want and press yeah. it. But I still think this would no be kind of probably good for the iPhone, to be honest. 
I don't know. If it, that would be cool um, as well, actually. I mean, the iPhone... There's a couple of games where, you know, you, you press virtual buttons on the screen and it would just be much nicer if you had physical buttons to press with. So yes, exactly. I could see something like this being very handy. So it's a kind of Bluetooth joystick, uh, And basically. I'm sure they could write um, a, a plug... Well, you can't write plugins for the iPhone, really, can you? That's the thing. I mean, I'm sure you yeah, can, really. but obviously third-party Bluetooth devices need to need to get Apple to include the smarts. So uh, it's just a... It's an HID device, really, isn't it? I mean, what it is. Yep. Mm, but, uh, yeah... It comes with uh, one free chosen user chosen game, including Terminator Salvation, Hawks, Hawks and Wimbledon 2009. <laughs> there you go. Better late than just never. What you need. There you go. So uh, just um, carrying on with, with mobile, just briefly, I had a, uh, an invitation come through this week for Google, Google Voice. Right. Uh, which I was interested in because uh, I spent a fair amount of time traveling back and forth between the US and... Uh-huh. It's always difficult to know which numbers which I've got and what you know phone numbers are forwarded where and all this right, kind of right. thing. And the, the the Google Voice service was uh, the, the idea behind it is you get one number uh-huh. and you give this one number to everybody you know and then they call that number and then Google Voice reaches you wherever you happen to. Do you have to sign up for latitude so you can tell Google where you are or? Uh, no, I guess it's not linked to that yet, but that's a good idea too. But I mean, you can you can do it based on time frames, like between you know, it's nine just and standard sort of one number 40. thing. I think you can do that with Skype, can you? You can buy a number with Skype. Uh, yeah, you can buy a Skype in number, but you can't. But with Google Voice, it actually routes to normal phones right. depending on the time of day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually gave it a go. It's I, I don't I don't think it's quite ready for prime time yet because about one every two goes, it didn't work at all. But yeah. when it does go. Um, Google Voice answers the phone and says, hi, give us your name, and you give it your name, and it says, I'm now going to try and reach the person you're calling. Okay. Um, so it's a bit of a kind of faffing around at the start, but then uh, that's how it works in terms of Google Voice then calls you, mm-hmm. it, you answer, and it says, ah, oh, this is Google Voice, and I've got, and it says, you know, James yeah. on the phone here, do you want to talk to them, yes or no? Do you want to let them leave a voicemail but message? But what about when it phones up and gets an answer machine? Does it go, hmm, I, hello? Is that an answer machine? <laughs> what does it say? <laughs> Well, you got to you got to press a key in response. So if I guess if it doesn't get a key in response, so someone could um, be you know hanging on the telephone for quite a while, couldn't they? <laughs> yeah, well, it kind of tries all these numbers and tries to get hold of you. Mm. Um, but I think the coolest feature about it that I haven't been able to try yet is that uh, if you call in and it goes to voicemail, then it will actually uh, write out the voicemail as text for you okay. and leave it in a kind of inbox for you to have a look at. Okay. So that's kind of cool. But then equally, um, you could probably text it to your another phone. Like, I, did I tell you this? If you in the yeah, UK, in most markets around the world, if you someone sends a text message to a landline, it will go to a text yeah. to voice thing, which is quite spooky to keep you. That's very cool. Um, that's the other way around. I also <laughs> used the, the you know the Google Voice Search on the iPhone. I used that extensively in the US, and it was very good actually. When, when you got a Wi-Fi connection, and I thought it wouldn't pick up my. Uh, Pommy accent, but uh, it did pretty well. To be honest. Even, <laughs> in, okay. even in quite noisy rooms, I was able to use it effectively to uh, you know find out where to eat and all that kind of stuff. Wow, that's great! Most excellent. So I think uh, I mean so I've got Google Voice installed on my BlackBerry, but uh, Google Voice has actually been declined from the iPhone store, right? Because uh, obviously it allows you to make voice make calls and uh, send texts for free within the US. Okay. So no, no sensible. But um, isn't that just like Skype? <laughs> Operator's going to like that. What's the difference between the what's end? the difference between that and Skype or Fring? 
these kinds of things. Uh, well, the way see the way Google Voice works is that it uses the phone system. So when you want to make a call with Google Voice oh, it to uses the phone I don't itself, know, to you, okay. yeah, it actually makes a call to a local number, routes it inside the Google network, and then pops out the other end at the number that yeah. you wanted to call. Uh, so you can essentially text and do voice calls, but it's not over the data network; it's over the phone network. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. So it ends up bypassing. But it still the whole uses your call minutes, so people should be happy. So yeah, I would have thought mm. so. Oh, okay. Well, see how it goes on. I mean, it'd be interesting to know if anyone's actually been called by Google Voice trying to find someone. <laughs> well, you know, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess exactly. the thing is, you you either reach the person or you get a machine. So uh, yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down or to. Or you get really, no answer, so that's uh, interesting. So, so you don't have to pay for it; it's a free beta, right? All free. Okay, so, so yep. any, you know, anyone else who's had some experience of using that, do drop us a quick line. Feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. Yep. That'd be great to hear from you. Um, well, I think that about wraps us mm, up for this week. Short James. and sweet as ever. Indeed, and uh, you're having a break next week, so we'll probably catch you in a a week or two's time. Yes, I shall see if I can. uh, We can arrange something, maybe from one of those amazing vibrating chairs in in a lounge somewhere at an airport. But we'll see. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. Excellent. Okay, well, um, goodbye from me, James, and goodbye from Ian. Cheers.